Here's what's coming up on today's show. The days of just being a money manager are going to be over. Uh, you've got to be a holistic, comprehensive planner to get people that peace of mind that they can retire and take them through it. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Welcome into another edition of Perfect Game Retirement. I'm Ben George. He is Ryan Ledden, President and Financial Coach at Black Oak Asset Management. You can find him online, blackoakam.com. Got a good show for you today. Going to talk income planning. We've we kind of touched on a couple things last episode about this, and we, you know, we hit on income planning. Um, from time to time here on the podcast, a big part of retirement planning overall. But today we want to kind of get back to the basics a little bit and just kind of help you make sure you understand uh, some of the keys in income planning and just kind of have a better idea of how to properly construct one today on the podcast. So it should be a good show. Ryan, welcome in. How are you? Uh, doing well. I guess we're two months in basically to to the new year, just that just that quick. Uh, but yeah, we're doing we're doing well and Kids sports are getting in full full tilt. Spring sports are coming up, so I'm um, looking forward to that. Yeah, is, is spring busy time for you? Is it with with all the sports and everything, baseball and track coming up and all that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, or does it's, it ever it's, slow down? I guess. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> ever slow down. I, I mean, over the over December it did, which was nice. But I do get bored uh, pretty quick, and sometimes I complain like, "Oh my gosh, we got to practice every single night." Whether it's not not that my kids practice every night, it's like one kid one night, one kid yeah. the next, and so you enjoy, you know, you kind of complain sometimes. But I get bored so fast, so yeah, it's busy. And then in work uh, is it gets busy, and, and not that we're tax preparers, but it just seems that tax time and 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 financial planning kind of go together, if you will. So usually springtime is is busy from that standpoint too. Well, hopefully uh, you're having a good year wherever you're listening to this episode. And again, I encourage you to check us out online. If you if you haven't done so yet, blackoakam.com. We got all of our podcasts there, but also you can schedule a retirement coach 360 session online now there as well and, and learn more about what Ryan's got coming up with the business. And uh, a lot of questions can be answered right there through the website. But if you have questions you want to call, to get answered, you can always do that at 470-508-0508. So, you know, it's been said that if you don't have an income plan, you don't really have a retirement plan. So we want to focus on that today and really tackle that mentality to see if it's true and and really explore why there are so many retirees and pre-retirees that don't really understand this concept of an income plan and the importance of it as well, or really how to properly put one together. So it's a foundational topic for retirement and we want to make sure you have the basics today. So let's just kind of start with that, Ryan. Do you do you agree with that sentiment that you don't really have an income plan or you don't really have a retirement plan if you don't have an income plan in place? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's probably at the top because if you it's all about income and retirement, I've said that many times on the show before, it's not about nest egg. It's about income. What income do I have coming in? Well, some people say, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, I, I need to have a large nest egg because I got to pull a certain percentage out because I read on Google that it's 4% withdrawal rate. And so if I have a million dollars, I can take 4% out, which is 40 grand a year. That's not enough to live on. <laughs> okay. I, I, I get the math. I get the rationale behind that, but there there's other forms of income that you may have. Now, if that's all you have, okay there's some legitimacy to what you are saying, but that's usually not people's financial picture in retirement. They may have real estate. They may have income coming in for that. Well, 
that there's not really a quote unquote nest egg. I get it. There's a value on the real estate, but it's not like you can just reach into an account and take, you know, 50 grand out of it. And it's, it's real estate. Now you can sell it. That's when it's liquid. But if you're getting $1,500 a month free and clear or $2,000 free and clear, that's $2,000 a month in income. Then stack social security on top of that. You may have a you know, $3,500 benefit per month. And, and before you blink an eye, you, you got five grand coming in and that's just yours. Maybe you have a spouse, they have income coming in. So social security is not a nest egg either. That's still income coming in. Now your nest egg does need to usually create something. And that depends on usually rates of return. Do you have dividends? Do you have interest? Do you have income being spun off some of these investments and some certain investments have more uh, are built for more dividend paying. Now, dividend paying is not the end all be all. I get this all the time. Oh, I'm getting retirement. I need dividend paying stocks. Okay, why? Um, because you know, there's it's it's not the only investment out there that's that you can create income. There's still growth that you can have from these investments, and then take some of the growth off. So I, I I get people's rationale behind dividend paying. I understand that. So, um, but not having a plan. I mean, once once we create one, I mean, we save it each year and, and, and we save it and we update it and update it. But we like to go back, whether it's once a year, twice a year or four times a year. Uh, some people who are in retirement want to meet more often with this stuff. And that's fine. Uh, I recently met with a, a couple of clients and I mean, we went through like five or six scenarios, which is fine. Like once it's created, making modifications and adjustments to it, that that's pretty easy to do. But going through so many different scenarios, it paints a picture. Okay, let's go from one extreme to the next. Let's, you know, retiring in two years. Okay, eh, maybe that doesn't work. All right, retiring from a full-time position in two years, doing part-time making X. Oh, okay, all right, we can maybe do that. What about making Y? All right, so just going through all that and, and giving them and, and keeping it simple. Don't don't print off an 87-page document with charts and graphs on there and uh, historical rates of return. And this, it, no one looks at that stuff. We try to keep it simple. We keep the income plan on one sheet of paper, one spreadsheet, and that way they can optically look and see their life on a sheet of paper which simplifies it, but it makes sense, all the different buckets of income that they have coming in. So yeah, if you don't have an income plan and you don't know how much you need, it's not it's nowhere close to having a, a retirement plan at all if you don't have that. Okay. Then you know I mentioned at the top that a lot of people don't really understand that or don't have a, a plan in place. So can you kind of think back to, to your current clients and, and just what do you remember about when they came into your office and maybe sat down for the first time, you started kind of reviewing kind of where they stood on everything. What percentage do you think actually had a, an income plan in place? I would say less than 5% easy. Wow. And the ones that do, they get a quote unquote free, free plan <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. you know, some, some person, well, I shouldn't say this, but some person just fed their data into a software program and it spit out information. And there's, there's software programs for days that do that. And again, it goes back to that. I'm kind of kidding, but I'm not kidding. Someone did bring in from a large financial well-known institution and it was literally almost 90 pages long. And I'm like, have you looked at this? It's like, no, I was hoping you look at it. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not looking at 90 pages of gobbledygook that I didn't put the data in. And um, half these things, I don't even know what it's telling you. So no one looks, it's nice and pretty. And, you know, you get to hand somebody something, but 
it's not what people want to see. They want to see, can I retire and tell me how that's going to happen? And if you keep it simple, yes, that's, that's where you give people that clarity to be able to retire at a certain age and hopefully sooner than they anticipate. So, um, but yeah, people coming in that, cause of course, most of the people we meet with already have an existing advisor and that's, that's okay. Um, that happens a lot. And, and sometimes we'll ask, Hey, well, do you have, well, well no, they don't, they don't do that. They're just a, a, a fund manager or money manager. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. So in my opinion, you're not a financial advisor unless you do comprehensive planning. That's, that's my take on it. Again, probably um, <laughs> irritate a little people by that comment, but the days of just being a money manager are going to be over. Uh, you've got to be a holistic, comprehensive planner to give people that peace of mind that they can retire and take them through it. Though, why do you think so many people are unprepared in this area then? If, if we kind of know the importance and we talk about the importance, why do you think this, this is a spot where they may be overlooked? I don't have a good answer for that because it, it's frustrating but selfishly, it's job security. <laughs> if people yeah, aren't doing yeah. this and taking advantage of maybe perks that their advisor should be doing, um, again, if if we only just said, oh, our portfolios are better than everybody else's, and I, I would worry about being in this business for a long period of time because there's robo advisors that can do that way cheaper than than me but you got to be getting other benefits on top of that again tax planning not we're not tax preparers again tax planning because you know how to try to navigate the tax code because there's plenty of software programs to do that to load people's tax returns in there and it spits out data and again that's where some i'm not saying all some cpas don't really take people through that they get their tax forms, prepare them, say, Hey, you're getting a $2,000 refund. You know, that'll be $400 for preparation, which is great. That's fine. Uh, but if you really want tax planning, you need to go that extra mile with them. Insurance planning, again, <clears throat> a lot of different insurances out there. So we want to address and talk about that. Legacy, uh, again, we're not, or estate, if you will, not, not uh, estate planning attorneys. We refer that out, but we can do as much as we can up to a certain point. And then if you do meet with an attorney, then we can kind of work together with them on how we structure things. Uh, so there's a lot of, and sometimes it's just an intimidating process. There's a lot of things to consider and taking that first step with an advisor that's a comprehensive planner, I think is great. Uh, I think that's much needed. It's just, it's an intimidating process to uh, to get into. All right. Well, let's help some people out then that maybe are behind on income planning that haven't sat down with you and, and put something in place. What what steps would you say people should take to put together an effective uh, income plan for retirement? I think just asking questions from peers around them. Uh, I mean, most there's a lot of people that know someone in the industry. I mean, in the in the city I'm in, I mean, I could throw a rock and probably hit you know four financial advisor offices. I mean, that's just we're there's a lot, and again, a lot of people find us on the Dave Ramsey website, so that's one way to do it. Uh, Dave Ramsey's always promoting his Smartvester pros, so punch in your zip code wherever you're at, listen to that, and find some local people that you want to want to work with. So uh, Ramsey Solutions does a a vetting process on who's on there and you can have conversations with people to see if they line up with your, your beliefs and, and what you want, what you're trying to do. And if they don't work in that capacity, okay, go on to something else or someone else, because there's, there's a few that come up per territory uh, when you enter your zip code. 
but have conversation with peer groups and, and people around you. Hey, who do you work with? What do you do? That just starting conversations. That's how these solutions get worked out. And again, some people know people in the industry. Uh, so there's a connection there. There's a relationship there, but then some people don't at all. So it's, it's that part's a little bit of an intimidating process, but go to people around you that you trust and, 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 um, where you can have good conversations with people. Hey, what are you doing? Who do you work with? Or, uh, so just start conversations like that. I think that's the best way. And then as you continue down that path, you can find again, a good fit. Cause there's a ton, there's a ton of advisors out there. You just got to find the one that does what you want to do. Yeah. That's the key. Always trying to find that, that, that good match and good fit for, for what you need. Uh, can you take us through, I love getting kind of some firsthand accounts of, of how things play out. Um, maybe a spot where you took someone who didn't have an income plan at all that came in and met with you, which you said is about 95% of the people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, where, where you took them from that point to where they did have an income plan and felt really good about where they were headed. Yeah. Uh, well, two stories, really one that I just kind of mentioned before where we went through a ton of different scenarios. Um, and again, once I created the income plan, it's like, okay, I always tell people this is like our, the first one is like a rough draft. This, uh, this is a great picture that I'm painting for you today, but this is not how it's going to work out because I bake in rates of return. I bake in inflation. I bake in negative years. Um, I, I put in what their income is going to be, and there's always going to be adjustments to it. Now, always, 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 always. So, the, you know, it's the rough draft with all the red ink on it, but at least gives us something to start with, and then we can make changes and modifications with it. So we did that uh, just not too long ago and, and ran a bunch of different scenarios. And there was a couple that's like, a couple scenarios where like, eh, no, that's not going to work. Uh, but there are two or three. It's like, hmm, all right, that I think we can do this. Maybe we don't have to work as much as we think we may have to. And that's that's the greatest thing ever is when you do an income plan for people and you tell them, you know, they kind of shoot for a pie in the sky goal of being able to retire. And, and the greatest feeling is either telling them, yep, with confidence that you can or even sooner. Uh, and I, I do remember that, like the look on a couple's face one time where I told them they could basically retire about a year and a half, two years early. And, and they were just like, so I really had to unpack it and take them through, okay, this is why I'm saying what I'm saying. And again, going back to that nest egg, like you don't have to have a nest egg uh, it, a lot depends on, again, income streams coming in, but also depends on your standard of living. I mean, if you don't have debt and your standard of living is you still want to do the things you want to do, but it's not, you don't have a, a your income needs aren't have, aren't crazy. You know, you're not, you don't need 15, 20 grand a month. Like, whoa, holy cow. Well, you better have a big nest egg and a lot of income coming in for that. But if you don't have a lot of a debt, um, and that's where these people that I was telling you about that retired early, I'm like, you could probably retire right now, but hey, let's let's work for another couple of years, uh, and then. But you can retire sooner than you do think because their standard of living uh, wasn't crazy. I mean, yeah, they wanted to take a couple of vacations a year. Okay, boom, we built that in. Build that into your income plan. If you want to take a ten thousand dollar or fifteen thousand dollar vacation, build that in. And, and if it can't work, okay, maybe we go on a five thousand dollar vacation, and or maybe we do. Uh, once a year instead of twice a year. So there's always modifications that are going to be made. And COVID is a good example when, you know, the market was kind of going haywire there for about six weeks. People made adjustments. They made modifications. Hey, we're not going anywhere. We're not traveling. So we don't need this in our budget anymore. I don't need, 
you know, as much money per month because we're just kind of chilling out of the house. We're not doing a whole lot. So we're not spending as much on gas. We're not spending as much on vacation. So there's always changes that are going to be made. And when the market has those good years, hey, carve some off. We didn't we didn't build your plan to to earn 16% or 22% or whatever that number is. Hey, let's take some, let's I don't want to call it house money because it is your money, but take some off the top. We were we were baking on a six percent and we earned nine percent more than that. Let's take that nine percent, go on a good vacation. So there's always changes that gotta be made. Um, but just seeing that look on people's face when you tell them, yes, you can do this. It's, it's awesome. I mean, that's, this is the teacher part of me coming out of, you know, coming out of the high school classroom and now teaching people. It's just a different audience. I love that. It's, it's always uh, good to hear those kind of firsthand accounts and how it actually plays out. I think it gives people kind of a better picture of, of the process. But if you have questions again, please reach out blackoakam.com. That is the website. You can schedule a retirement coach 360 session online there. You can go there right now and do that. But you can also call if you prefer 470-508-0508 is that number. All right. We dive into the mailbag as we always do. Uh, today's question is from Richard. He says, should I be doing anything besides 529 plans to save for my kid's college or is that the best option? Ooh, uh, good question. I had this long conversation with a gentleman. It was, it was a Ramsey lead. Same thing, uh, talking about 529s and other options. Uh, so 529s are great. Uh, people know the benefits of them. Uh, put it in, put that in account, gross tax deferred, take it out tax-free as long as you use it for qualified educational expenses, which is great. That's awesome. Most people know if you don't use it for school, uh, you do have to pay taxes and penalties on the growth of that 529. And as we're recording this, I know there's some caveats now with the SECURE Act uh, that has recently been implemented into law is I, there's there's some kind of clause that you can move 529 money to a Roth. I don't want to speak intelligently on that because I haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet, but there are some nuances and it's not just as clean and easy as that. Uh, so maybe I'll have an update on that on future on future shows because I'm getting inundated with like webinars from vendors on, okay, knowing the, knowing the secure act. And the biggest thing is the change of the RMD required minimum distribution ages and changes of that. And again, it's just more confusion for, <laughs> for my industry. RMDs are hard enough and now we're changing ages and all that kind of stuff, um, which we've done a couple of times in the last several years. But so 529s, good plan. Uh, obviously you're captive to, to using it. And again, you can use up to $10,000 per year for private school and not necessarily using it for college. So that that's a little bit of a, a way out too, which 529s used to not be able to do that. It was mainly ESAs and plans like that, educational savings accounts where you could use it for private school. The problem with the ESA, you only put $2,000 a year in there. So those have almost extinct. Uh, they've gone away, but 529s are huge. Um, there's UTMA, Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. Uh, that's another account you can save for a child uh, that could go to paying for school. Uh, there's also just non-qualified brokerage accounts uh, that you can put in as a parent, you put in your name, uh, or if you're married, put in you and your, and your spouse's name. That's, that's your money and you can use it for what you want. Uh, so I like that. I like that availability to uh, use it for whatever I want. I don't like, in some regards, I don't like plans that tell me what I can and cannot do. 
So just a joint brokerage account or investment account that you put money in that in your mind, it's earmarked for your kid, but you can use it for whatever you want. What if they don't go to school? Okay, then use it for something else. Um, use it to purchase a car, use it to purchase a wedding, <laughs> uh, or use it for your retirement. I mean, all of us want to raise you know good quality kids and that are good with money, but some of them may not be. And, and, and you don't want to give them that money. You're like, I'm not giving money to this kid. He's an, he's an idiot. <laughs> Again, that's not our goal as parents to have those, but sometimes they happen. So uh, the joint brokerage account or just a brokerage account gives you that option. Now, the downside is that there's some taxes you got to pay. Um, I won't, won't get into the specifics of it, but there's short-term and long-term capital gains, interests, uh, you have to pay tax on. So it's not, um, there's no silver bullet when saving for college, but uh, so you do have to pay some taxes on the growth in that brokerage account that I was talking about. You don't pay taxes on the principal that you put in, but you will have some taxes on any um, dividends, interest, and any gains in the account. And it depends on how long that the money is in there and the growth is in there. So I just like the flexibility of it. I would say don't put all your eggs in one basket from the type of account you save in. If you want to put some in a 529, 529 is great for family members to put money in because they know it's going to that child. So that's awesome. And then as parents, if you want to save in something else, uh, I would do that too. Uh, so there, there's a, there's several options. No perfect strategy, but there are other options than just a 529, Richard. All right. I appreciate that question, Richard. If you have one for us, blackoakam.com is the place to send it in. All right. Let's uh, squeeze in a little getting to know you question before we get out of here. All right. Today's question, Ryan, what's a book that you're reading right now? So I've had Audible for a while. I've just kind of not paid attention to it. And, you know, just like everybody else trying to start the new year off doing something different. I'm like, okay, um, I got to get back to, because I enjoy, I do enjoy reading. I like reading things that I want to feel bad for my kids. They don't love reading and, you know, they have to read a certain amount of time per day and it's stuff they don't want to read. So I was like, oh, I mean, I don't remember reading as a kid outside of school ever, unless it was <laughs> an assignment like in middle school or high school yeah. anyway. But so I have a bunch that I've downloaded because I had a bunch of credits on my on my Audible app. I was like, oh, wow, look how many I can download. So I started going through, and then I usually like to listen to them first, and then I read them. Probably not time efficient at all, but I just – a lot of times I read a book, and I'm like, I don't remember everything that was in there. Uh, so I like to l listen to it, and then when I read it, I'm like, oh, remember that, remember that, remember that. It just resonates with me better. And so the one I just completed and I'm about to start reading, so I just listened to it, haven't read it, is Start With No uh, by Jim Camp, C-A-M-P. So it's a great book. Um, I guess it's essentially how to negotiate, how to talk with people, and it's any facet of life. Like it's not, it's not the ABC, you know, always be closing type. It, it's completely opposite. And, and that's kind of the stuff I was taught when I got into the industry and it was awful, hated it. You're mm -hmm. Like you're forcing people to quote unquote buy uh, products, if you will. And it just makes me cringe. And so it, it, it just, it allows you to sit at a different seat at a table or an office or a desk and you come across just way different than the quote unquote sales guy that's got commission breath. So start with no uh, is what we're, what we're about to start reading as a staff together. I like to do that and kind of have discussions with it. Uh, because it has a lot to do with what we do and talk with people and make them feel comfortable and they're not getting sold. So it's just a completely different uh, that I got in 
the industry. It was all about, you know, what'd you sell? What'd you sell? What'd you sell? How many prospects do you have? You know, 1031, 1031, you got 10, 10 leads, three of them meet with you, one of them become a client. Okay, maybe that's the ratio, but that's not the ratio I want. Um, I, I want to be sitting in front of people that the ratio is much, much higher because if they're sitting there, they're a fit somehow. And that's kind of what Jim talks about in his book. It's it's fascinating stuff. So start with no by Jim Camp. Um, I'll give him a give him a plug. I don't know Jim at all, but <laughs> uh, good plug for him. It's a great book. All right. Great. Uh, great show today. We appreciate you listening. If you haven't, please subscribe to the podcast, Perfect Game Retirement. You can find it on every major podcasting app. And if you have questions, blackoakam.com, perfect place to start. You can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online. You'll find it right there on the front of the website. And if you have uh, questions you want to call in, you can do so at 470-508-0508. I will right, we'll close out the episode on that note. Thank you again for listening. For Ryan Ledden over at Black Oak Asset Management, I am Ben George. Take care. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC, Black Oak Asset Management, and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.